0: Well, a very good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Entering Stage Right. I'm DePaul Thomas, actor and playwright, podcasting from the heartland of America, right here in old Indianapolis, Indiana. And joining me all the way from the left coast, but always entering stage right, is my wonderful co-host, the actor, director of some of the biggest hits in TV history, Philip Charles McKenzie, a good day to you,
1: Philip. How is everything going out in Los Angeles? Uh, everything is wonderful. We have another beautiful day on this uh, Easter weekend. I'll tell you, we have uh, have a couple of uh, we have some uh, bird issues. Uh, you know, I think uh, one one of one of our local birds in a tree. I'm not sure what kind uh, she is. Um, was uh, was sort of chirping all night long, hmm. and every time I'd wake, uh, you know, wake up, I would hear her, and you know, she and I, I'm saying to myself, are, are 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 one of your children having an issue, and they're keeping you up? <laughs> you know, she, <laughs> she, or else she just had insomnia. I never thought of a bird having oh, in, yeah. <laughs> insomnia, but <Yeah. laughs> but all night long she just kept going on and on. And then the other day I was walking with Gus. And you hear all the, uh, in the spring, you know, all the birds are chirping like crazy, uh, you know, uh, with nesting and and all of that. And uh, I I heard for the first time in my life, I heard, tweet. (laughs) And I said, wait a minute, a bird actually said tweet? (laughs) You know, usually they chirp, they have songs, they... You know, exactly. so they, but, whistle, yeah. they whistle. They whistle. They, you know, hummingbirds or rather mockingbirds with their, you know, repertoire of arias. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. This yeah, was yeah. just, just this was just tweet. And I, now I know where <laughs> they get the word that uh, you know, the well, word it was, tweet it was, from. It so, was your local Tweety Bird. It was my local Tweety Pie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't booty dad. I did. I did do a booty dad. <laughs> One of the great, uh, Mel Blanc, one of the great voices uh, of all time. But anyway, yeah. uh, our, our birds are a little insane this, uh, this, um well, it it, it
0: it has been a rather wild and inclement winter for them. So this is uh, rightly so. They may be traumatized. You know, they, they
1: may be. They may be. Everything's been thrown off with all the rain we've had. Yeah. Uh, you know, we do have some good news in California, though. Uh, Talk to me. Po- positive news. Uh, you know, it's it's picking up on what we've talked about uh, a lot recently. The horrific event that happened at uh, at Stanford Law when oh, yeah. oh, uh, when yeah. a, a fifth a, a Fifth Circuit Judge Kyle Duncan was invited to speak at the law school yeah. and he was uh he was set up he was he was he was he was set up uh that they started screaming things at him literally hoping his his daughters get raped i mean right, this is the, right. these are law students and then and then um the dei expert uh, tyrian steinbach went on some self-righteous uh Woke leftist uh, tirade for about seven minutes, and and uh, and ended the whole. The whole thing ended, and he wrote a very interesting article. Uh, basically saying uh, in the Wall Street Journal and also the the Free Beacon saying, if enough of these kids get into the legal profession, the rule of law will descend to barbarism. And rightly so. And, and rightly so. And this is him saying it, not my words. Judge right. Duncan said the protesters behaved like dog shit. Now, <laughs> making it even better than his obviously uh, righteous outrage, Yeah. Um, uh a a a, a leftist <laughs> this is this would makes this a good story. Uh, a famous leftist attorney, a leftist to the extent that this guy went after Nixon, he went after Trump. His name is John Banshoff, and he actually said he will file a bar complaint against the Stanford students who shut down the judge at his speech. Yes, very sweet. Banshaft plans to delay the disruptors bar exam Mm -hmm. and would put a blemish on their career. Meaning you want to do this, you're starting out your career behind the the eight ball. And again, he is a, a, a committed leftist, but he believes in law. He wants the students in the video identified so they can be dealt with. He's, and and he says to a uh, Jenny Martinez the uh this, uh school law school's dean who who put out sort of a mealy mouth statement oh yep. that this shouldn't have happened but you also ruled out punishing the hecklers mm-hmm. uh Banshav said it appears that you may have may have not taken any steps to discipline or otherwise sanction the student violators. Other, he says, as such, uh, the complaint will have links to video recordings of the disruption, so that bar officials can judge the students' conduct for themselves. He says it seriously calls into question whether these students have proper temperament to mm. practice mm. law. Mm. So, so good for good for good. uh, Fight back from uh, from Mr. Bonsoff and and not only uh, not only him, but uh, two uh, two
0: circuit court judges. Two circuit
1: court judges, a fellow named James Ho and a woman named Elizabeth Branch, have also Mm -hmm. have decided they will no longer hire students from this (laughs) woke law school. Which is when you think about it, you know what the law is supposed to be. It's uh, in, in fact, a host said rules aren't rules without consequences. Meaning, in terms of to not not heckle somebody and let them and allowing the free speech of a judge in a law school. What a place! You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. What what what
0: what did he call it? Intellectual terrorism.
1: Yes, he did. Yeah. Uh, he, he he did. He, he he called it he he called it a, a type of terrorism, and he's uh, intellectual terrorism. You're right. Yeah. And he said rules aren't without uh, rules. Rules aren't rules. Sorry, without consequences. And students who practice intolerance do not belong in the legal profession. Mm. Which this was wonderful, and then uh, a really weak follow-up by the uh, president of the uh, of the school. Uh, uh he, he put out a thing, his name is Marc Tessier Lavigne. He he put out a, a welcome to the spring quarter kind of thing and he and he alluded to uh he alluded to the event but in a very uh, vanilla kind of way uh, essentially saying uh, you know uh reflecting on what binds us as a community and that there was this incident, uh, uh that, that encountered dissident and contravailing views. And first is a commitment we have to academic freedom and expression. So he essentially yeah. was, 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 uh, pointing it out, but in a very, um, in a, Te- very, in a very modest way. Yes, quite tepid,
0: quite tepid.
1: Uh, tepid, that's a very good word. That's exactly <laughs> right. Uh, very, very, very tepid, but, but the point being that he brought it up weeks after this event happened, yeah, yeah. and it was one of those things where he knew, I believe, that he was cornered and had to say something because of the very pushback that we were just talking about, about these uh, very significant uh, uh, leftist... Uh, a leftist attorney and and already sitting judges yes. saying saying that uh, as a law school you can't have this because yeah. lawyers it, it, if it's all about um disruption and against free speech, and what are you doing as a lawyer uh, you know yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. this was good news from california good, for a change good yes. news for a change indeed and, and it did not involve. Uh, our Governor uh, Gavin
0: Newsom. Oh, that's a whole other discussion he's going around <laughs> the country for his campaign for democracy or whatever he's doing. Yes. Good grief. Is he planting the seeds or what? You know, what's so interesting to me is uh, that circuit court James Ho, you know, mentioned the fact that uh, uh, Duncan's treatment reflects a rampant viewpoint discrimination at elite law schools, uh, which so often literally uh don't even employ a single center right professor. Right. Literally. And so much for diversity that is taking place truly oftentimes in our elite law schools. And speaking of diversity, I want to move us right along to our zealous Democratic Manhattan DA, Elvin Bragg, and his obsequious Manhattan Grand jury who, as you know, Philip, this past Tuesday arrested, fingerprinted the former president of the United States on 34 felony counts of falsifying supposedly business records related to hush money paid in the final days of the 2016 presidential race. Ha ha ha. The surprise here, Philip, as you know, and everyone is saying it, is that there were no surprises. Literally. And what we're left with is a 16-page indictment that discusses an intent to fraud, an intent to commit another crime, but it in no way, shape, or form specified what that other crime is. And of course, therein is the rub, because the intent to defraud and with an intent to commit another crime is what bumps all of this up from a misdemeanor charge to a felony. And and the pundits right across the board, Philip, you know, I, I'm, I'm an equal employer opportunity. I watch CNN. I watch them all, Philip, just uh, kind of hear what the other is saying and boy oh boy the pundits on CNN were just looking at one another shrugging their shoulders and they had to admit that there was no there there imagine so what is going on Philip you always like to know what's the end game what do you think is the end game for DA Bragg and
1: what the Dems have in store for Donald J. Trump well, I th- you know I I think it's I think it's really simple and has not changed since he came down the escalator. It's get him, mm. get the guy because yeah. he is sort of outre to them. You know he yeah, is not yeah. he is not of the political class and the political ilk, and God knows he was not a Democrat either. So instead of instead of uh, in, in, instead of dealing with him as most politicians would, you you you. Um, you fight their policies, and when it comes time for for elections, you you put up someone who can beat them at the um, you know at at the polls. That mm-hmm. that's the way it should work. Now a couple a couple of quick things. Uh, um, uh, 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 Andrew McCarthy came out with an article in the uh, in the uh, New York Post the other day, yep. basically saying that the the first crime he was supposed to have committed uh, they have uh, on uh, after he was president, which is interfering with the election uh what uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> sort of irrelevant don't you think um yeah. and there, uh the manhattan district attorney uh his the uh, uh the case he says is utterly incoherent this is uh Mm-hmm. this is McCarthy saying he says as an example he is attempting to enforce either federal election laws that a state prosecutor lacks jurisdiction to enforce or state election laws that do not apply to a US president so this is utterly incoherent um and uh uh you know uh, um uh, who, who might uh, um he was a friend of <laughs> ours uh, uh I'm I, I, I'm blanking on uh, another famous attorney who. who oh, bas- a Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz. Pardon me. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He basically came in, out and said, "This is a this is nothing," and yet, being that it's in Manhattan, which went eighty five percent for. Uh, uh, Biden over trump right, uh, right. you will not get a jury unless you uh, uh, change your venue to either staten island or upstate new york but but you know you asked me what is the end game here The end game it, it was was really was really said in the most specific terms. this is really what it 's about, and what i 've been saying for a long time it 's about getting trump period uh, the other day uh, New York Times some woman Pamela Paul wrote a uh, an editorial. Mm-hmm. And basically, the headline is Trump's indictment is karmic justice regardless of the verdict. Is that comic or karmic? Karmic. Ah. Trump's indictment is karmic justice regardless yes. of the verdict. Isn't that nice? Wow. Ms. Ms. Pamela Paul, but she doesn't care whether, whether the case is real or not. She said, this is a quote from the article, this indictment may not prove to be the rock-solid legal case one might hope it to be, meaning she knows it's nothing, ah. uh, but she said, yeah. but we should be happy. That this president was indicted. Ha, 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 ha. we should be happy. Mm -hmm. Too many years of knowing that Trump's time in office would deliver on the sleaziness of its promise. Mm. I don't know what that is. Too many years of an endless cycle of revelations and accusations. You know, you can accuse anybody of anything met with impunity have felt like an inconceivable injustice to those of us who continue to believe against often crushing evidence to the contrary. Where is your evidence, lady? Um, In the existence of any kind of justice at all, there is, it must be said, deep satisfaction in knowing that after too many years of suffering through the Trump we got, Trump finally has been gotten. So essentially, it's just to get him.
0: Hey, revenge! He didn't, he didn't revenge. kill anybody.
1: He didn't. Re- it's revenge. It's it's revenge for his sheer existence and the fact that this guy had the nerve to run and won. Yeah. That's what the New York yeah. Times and what the left believes. It doesn't matter what it is. We're gonna get him, and that's this editorial says that. Yeah. Perfectly.
0: Yeah. Well put, and the bottom line is um, you know when when you see all of this going on and you understand uh, the hatred for Trump, and by the way, um, I do not relish the position in any way, shape, or form of being uh, what one would consider his apologist. This is not the point, but the point of it is all of this reminds me of the old quip, "Show me the man, and i 'll show you the crime. They just are fixated on. The man. And it also goes to show you the, the, the insatiable nature of hate, Philip. Yeah. So much of what is going on is literally motivated by hatred, by envy. You see it. You see it in the rhetoric. You see it in the faces. And you see it here coming out of this district attorney who's almost under a mandate. Well, it, he stated it. it. was It was literally his political card. This is that's what right. he. This is what he said he was going to do. Elect me, and I will get him. Exactly, Isn't, is it- and that's what you want out of a judge, don't you think so?
1: Yes, uh well or in this case a DA yeah, and I mean, by a the D- way yeah. and by the way the DA the judge in this case oh, yeah, is yeah. a Biden donor and his daughter worked for Kamala Harris so uh, you uh, want yeah. to talk about incest and I'm not talking in that manner this yeah, is very no, it incestuous. Is incestuous no question you bet. about it you bet.
0: and uh, you know enough is enough on all of this Trump is going to be facing a jeopardy of indictments and charges and you know I'm of the persuasion and I'm just going to be transparent here I'm looking for young blood coming in to to the Republican Party, and so let's let's leave Sir Donald for a moment, and I, uh, you know, Donald's troubles, etc., uh, etc., cetera, et cetera, into uh, other uh, things, and I'm just doing an extension uh, this week of last week uh, and the shooting at the Covenant School uh, that took place. Uh, it it. Uh, uh, Speaking of fixation, I have just been following it, listening to the sermons of Pastor Chad Scruggs that were prophetic in nature, the sermon he brought 24 hours before the murder of his own nine-year-old daughter, Haley, there at the Covenant School, talking about Isaiah suffering the loss uh, that uh, he would experience, and then the next day to have to go through along with five other uh, uh, people who were murdered there at the school. You know this, Philip. It's almost as if an iron curtain has come down on all of this. There's not been a word about this manifesto. I, I guess you need a couple of weeks to be able to read through it and see whether or not you think the American public can absorb this material without going on some kind of a trans rampage or something.
1: And, and this is the FBI, by the way, that is hiding it from the public. The yeah. FBI, which is supposed to serve the public. And, uh, yeah. and you know, if, if uh, by, by hiding, and it's not like they're hiding evidence or, or, or securing evidence uh, in the in, in, in prelude to a trial. They're no. all dead. The yeah. shooter and the other people are all dead. So yeah. why are they holding it?
0: Well, and again, the shooter had uh, left over 20 more journals in her house. I mean, the motivation can be found out here very, very uh, uh, quickly.
1: But it, you know what? It might go against the narrative. Maybe that's well, what's going on. Well, and you, you know, think? The narrative that's been put out, we spoke of this last week, that the narrative somehow evolved into that she is the victim here and, and not the dead people so that... So yes. that what she said in these, in these manifestos and might go against the narrative. Therefore, we as a populace cannot see it.
0: You got it. And this was so beautifully, emblematically represented uh, the trans community uh, and their suffering and their being the victim. And this mentality was perfectly, uh, again, symbolized by a Pastor Micah Luadji. I think is how you pronounce her, or his last name. I'm not sure what pronoun she prefers. She was formally installed as a pastor for the St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Fargo, of all places, just this past Sunday, uh, I mean, uh, December the February the 12th, 2023. She's the first openly transgender and I believe indeed a transgender man, ergo a biological woman, who is the pastor of the North Dakota parish, that's part of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and in her, and I don't know how else to describe it, in her absorbing the event that took place in Nashville, in her own hurt, in her own narcissism, she compared the treatment of the Nashville shooter to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And indeed, in an Easter theme sermon to the small congregation of about 40 there just this past April the 2nd, She went on to compare the Pharisees' treatment of Jesus to politicians who make laws against drag shows and transgender players in sport. She said those leaders who are looking for any excuse, valor or not, to crucify Jesus, and they found the reason. Marginalized folks, those of us with the least amount of privilege and power, they need those who have more privilege and power than they do to physically place their bodies between them and the people, the powers, the institutions that are literally killing them. Well, Pastor Micah of the church there, there was someone, Catherine Coons, head of the Covenant School, who authorities believe confronted Audrey Elizabeth Hale, the perpetrator, and they believe that because of certain physical altercations that had taken place in her position of death. And indeed, perhaps it was Catherine Coons, her late, who placed her body on the line, preventing countless of other Precious lives from being murdered. But you see, Pastor Micah has made it all about herself and the cause. And she continues in the sermon, There are a significant number of people who have deemed that the Nashville shooter happens to be a trans person, and in its excuse, they need to call for the eradication of trans folks. So you see, Philip, continuing from last week's, observations, this myth continues, that there is this mass movement afoot in this country to eradicate trans people. It's a lie. It's not. It's, it's, it's like I heard a black uh, 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 pastor the other day ask his daughter, how many African Americans do you think were killed last year by the police? She said, oh, daddy, there were thousands, I think as many as 8,000. And he said, my precious daughter, there were 22 unarmed black men who were killed in police altercations.
1: In a, in a country of 360 million people.
0: Right, right. And this same kind of hyperbole, stoking anger. What 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 did uh, what did uh, 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 Karine Jean Pierre say the other day? But the trance kids are what was the the word she used? Do you remember, Philip? She said they are, you know, uh, tough, and they're they're they're, they're not going to take. I mean, it was as if she was putting her imprimatur on violence. Now here at entering stage right. We are opposed to violence anywhere, anytime, time, any place, unless it is assault, literally on the freedom. Uh, and, and by our freedom, I'm talking about, you know, it's happening. The Chinese have landed in in California, but but the point I'm getting at is is that this is what the trans community right now. This is the 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 coup in which. Everything is turned around, and they're the victim. And in the meantime, we have these six precious souls dead at the hands of, yes, a trans man. Tell me, Philip. Talk to me.
1: Well, um... It's what we've talked about before, the the idea that victimhood raises your status in the world. That you're a victim, therefore I am above it all. And yeah. the narcissism, as we've talked about before, uh, that they put a bubble around themselves. Do these people not have uh, parents to maybe take care of? Do they have not have children to take care of? Do they not have friends to care for and interact with? No, no. It's all about them. It's all about me, 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 and if, you know, it, it, I remember years ago, uh, what was it? The old, there was some silly statement in the late 60s, early 70s. If it feels good, do it. Well, isn't that swell? So if it feels like you're a woman and you're not, fine, and we all have to go along with this, and we all have to, and we all have to bow down to the victimhood. Of, mm. of 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 these narcissists So but, that that's but, what i have to say about uh,
0: right but the good news is there are people who are not bowing down right to what's going on and uh, please share with us about a rather uh, brave mother out mm-hmm. in your neck of the wood just a little north of you up on the coast i believe of Oregon.
1: yes um, there's a, uh, uh, f- again, for, 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 uh, for folks, uh, our listeners, who are either adopted or have adopted children mm-hmm. or plan on adopting children, this is, this is uh, uh, an example of state-sponsored the new secular religion, which is out to destroy true religion. What do I mean by that? There's a Christian mother of five, Mm-hmm. Who is, thank goodness, through a, uh, an organization called the Alliance Defending Freedom, the mm-hmm. ADF, mm-hmm. is suing Oregon state officials for allegedly denying her application to adopt children because her religious, because of her religious beliefs about gender and sexuality. Uh, the lawsuit accuses Oregon uh, Department of Human Services. Uh, Officials of violating the First and Fourteenth Amendments by using state policy to push secular views of gender and sexuality, which ultimately bars a Bible-believing Christian from adopting or fostering children in a state. Now let's get down. Nice, let's get nice. down to. Let's get down to brass tacks. They are mandating. Now she doesn't even have this child yet. Yeah. 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 And we don't know if it's a newborn or whatever it would be. Yeah mandating that she follows secular ideals in raising her adopted child, essentially telling her, this is how you have to raise this child. Meaning, they she has to respect, accept, and support race, ethnicity, cultural identities, national origin, sexual orientation, gender identity, gender expression, disabilities, and it goes on and on of a child or young adult in her custody and provide opportunities to enhance that positive self-concept, meaning they require, the policy requires a parent of the an adopted child to use the child's preferred pronouns because if you don't, they'll take the kid away from you and suggested that prospective parents should display can you uh, this is this goes beyond yeah, reality yeah. here to display hate free zone signs or symbols or like an a uh, lgbt uh, you know pink triangle rainbow oh, yeah. or ally flag you have to you have to post these things the no slate whether, of hate
0: one yeah. like uh, that's here no slate of hate
1: that's right yep. <laughs> that's right whether or not a youth in your care Openly identifies as LGBTQ so you have a little kid a baby. It grows up to be just a straight kid boy girl You have to put up signs mm-hmm. That that reflect the rainbow hmm uh, Are you kidding me? And if you don't they'll take the kid away from you. They will take the kid away from you There are some handouts uh, one one of the handouts from the state also uh, says, respecting a child's gender identity and expression is very important and parents should avoid forcing youth to attend activities, including religious services, oh that are unsupportive of people with t- Diverse oh, views. Dear. There, there you go. So you can't take the kid to church. If you take the kid to church, and your yep. church happens to say, let's say uh, they're against a, a same-sex marriage, yeah, boom. they believe your, in traditional your, marriage, right? Your kid's gone. Boom. So you have to abandon your religious conviction if you ever have any hope of adopting a child uh, through the state in Oregon.
0: Yeah. So you have to. You have to bow. You have to bow. To the state's regulations, requirements, mandates to be able to adopt a child in Oregon. Yeah. And it and 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 imagine it is now targeted toward one's traditional perhaps Christian beliefs.
1: That's right. <laughs> That's right. So essentially the Amazing. state is saying you want a kid, this is how you raise it. Yeah. A, B, C, D. And if you don't, we'll take the kid away. Do you know how many? So Christians- much, so much for providing a loving and nurturing home for a child who is either unwanted or that the birth parent is incapable of of, yeah. of, of yeah. raising them to save a child's life. D. Paul.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and uh, you had suggested to me in an earlier conversation. This is this is hearkening back to the old days when the state is just going to be popping up orphanages all over the place. Because you know, historically, it's been oftentimes Christians who have taken the initiative to care for these children. I mean, from Catholic organizations, and now to um, so many of my friends within the church have adopted so many of them. Fortunately, many of them, uh, you know, are not in the state are not in the state of Oregon, and so they haven't had to they haven't had to acquiesce. To true, this.
1: true. It, it it comes down to if you make if you make this so fascistic, yeah people will say, well, I'm not gonna adopt a kid. And then it goes back to what you just said. Okay, okay. then you, the state of Oregon, you raise them. Go ahead, you raise them, and where are you gonna do that? We're gonna create some, we're gonna create environments, meaning orphanages. Good luck on that. By the way, uh, I do not know at all uh, yeah. i assume not uh many people adopt through uh, uh private privately through adoption attorneys i don't know in oregon if this affects that but this has to do with uh, going through the state which yeah. most people do so just yeah. just to be clear on that but um yes to the, yeah. the, the, the fact you know uh, this
0: is th- th- it's it's w- God, philip to me it's all out of the same cloth we we talked even last week, and I'm I'm just moving us forward here, and we, we, we pointed, just as you've now pointed out, these adoption requirements in Oregon, which could not be more divisive, which could not be more against uh, traditional Christendom.
1: And full of hate. Isn't it the left who's always claiming anybody who's traditional is a hater? Yeah. If yeah. this isn't yeah. hate for religion yeah. and freedom of religion... I don't know what
0: is. And I want to touch upon real quickly how this trans madness, this entire progressive gender ideology agenda is... As you've pointed out, not only dividing the country, but it's dividing the church. In some ways, the church, and I think I touched on this last week, is 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 the microcosm. And I don't know whether it precedes culture or follows culture. Sometimes it depends on the event and the church. But Dan Hitchens has written a fabulous article in the uh, Spectator. Uk, United Kingdom. The third great crisis in. Christianity, and I'm just going to cut to the, almost the summation, uh, Hitchens points out that this uh, the great crisis right now in the church was summed up by the Cambridge historian Richard Rex, who says that there have been three great, great crises in the history of the church. Now track this, because philosophically it's exactly where we are, and underscores much of what you've said, Philip. The first In its early centuries, the crisis revolved around the question of, what is God? That is to say, you know, how many natures were in Jesus Christ, how many persons in the Trinity, and so forth. Then during the Reformation, it became the question, the the glaring question is, what is the church? And, of course, out of that Reformation came the the great divide, the Protestant movement, etc., etc. The third crisis, he argues, which is happening now, is the question, what is man? And it relates literally to (laughs) an alphabet of beliefs and practices for the church, abortion, contraception, divorce, euthanasia, think Canada, family, what is family? Gender, homosexuality, bisexuality, Etc., 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 and Hitchens points out in his essay that what is certain is that this time nobody will be talking about a new era of unity, Philip. And I've maintained it, wrote about it, tracked it for 30, 35 years. This great divide is a new reformation that's taking place. This sea change that has now taken place politically, because you see, in a way, the church is a mirror image of what is going on in the body politic, of what is going on in our country. And so what do we have? We have this great unifier, President Joe Biden and his administration. What are they currently doing to help bring the country together? Imagine this, Philip, and you know all about it. They're rolling out new Title Nine rules to expand the meaning of sexual discrimination, no longer just for women, biological women, but to include any and all gender identity that would prevent schools and colleges from banning transgender athletes. So I say, thank God, Philip. Thank God for your, your 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 mother who is suing indeed the uh, the uh, Oregon Department of Human Services for denying her adoption application as a result of her Christian beliefs and by the way thank God for the swimming champion from Kentucky Riley Gaines who as you know just I think in the last week or so she was ambushed beaten terrified by a screaming group of trans activists while she was giving a saving women's sports speech at san francisco university oh and shocker of all shockers philip there were no arrests Isn't that great
1: why arrest them? they're doing they're doing they're doing good they're doing good work Right. Do you know? I I just read something. You want to talk about? We've talked about the language. I just saw something today. You know, you know what the left is, and the media is going to start calling the summer of twenty twenty with when uh, when uh, uh, the thing with George Floyd and people the summer of love, the were, summer of were, love. Well, no, this even gets worse. <laughs> they were burning cities down. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's this. It, it, it was the time of light, Philip. By the way, yes, Do you sir? remember? Do you remember in the? You know, the, the outside the Mormon Church, people would used to look askance at people. Oh, these people to have one wife, two wives, three wives, eight wives—that's disgusting. You can't have that. Uh, what's the matter? Well, hey, anything goes, right? Like you said, like you said, anything goes. You want to live as three? You want you want to live as a threesome, a foursome, a sixsome, and have kids? And by the way, in the end. This anything goes in a society which is the end of a culture, I believe an end of a society. do you know who it affects most children of course it does this is anti children of course it
0: is it's child abuse so much you of what, it's child of, abuse. Of, of of what is going on it's the reason we and certainly uh, I from my world view uh, will we will continue speaking about it because it's a great divide right now and it and, and and it will continue to be because those who are pushing the envelope uh are insatiable they really are they they will not be happy until a threesome can walk down the aisles of the anglican church and episcopal church and there is a man on one end, a woman on the other, and a woman or a man in the middle, and it'll be that individual that says, well, I'm bisexual, and don't you understand, Philip? I cannot become a whole person unless I'm in a relationship with a man and a woman at the same time. So I demand, mandate, require you as a church, you as a body politic, to affirm and approve who I am. Now, listen.
1: And the Anglican minister or priest, whatever they call it in the Anglican church, I'm, I'm ignorant on that. They, he who thinks he's a she, will stand there with their hands out and put them together and bless this group.
0: They will. That's
1: what's. That's where the church is going, and that's where, in many instances, as you've said and told our listeners, because you are much more in tune to this, many of the churches are going in this direction. And as you were just saying, this person in Fargo, North Dakota, um, uh, a, a woman mm. claiming to be a man who's a who's a, a priest or a minister, you know, this is uh, yep. it, it, it's um, that's the way it's going to go. Yeah no, and uh, and they will all feel so whole as you just said. Make us, make me whole. Well,
0: here we are on Easter week. Uh, Passover continues through till next week. Tomorrow there'll be hundreds of millions of believers gathering together to affirm their hope in the resurrection. And my hope is in that. That woman in Oregon, who is pushing back my hope is in Riley Gaines, a beautiful female swimmer who sat stood next to Leah Thomas and said it was not even a competition. My hope is people bringing national public radio to accountability when they said there is no biological, physiological difference. Did you hear that one, you know, between uh, men and, and women in terms of their advantages? I mean, it's delusional what is going on. And because of my hope in that resurrection, I believe there can be a great renaissance, a great resurrection within the body politic that says... I have enough. I have enough. And the enough is not going to be continuing with what is delusional and uh, what in many cases is tragically uh, perverted thought and evil in nature. Correct. All right, Philip, that is it. That is it. We got to wrap it up here. And I don't know what you're doing, but my wife is dying uh, uh, eggs. I don't know what she's going to do with them tomorrow, but I guess we're going to spread them out over somewhere and have a bunch of people over and maybe some few kids. And they're going to run around and find out what's happening. I think I'm going to be attending the uh, Tabernacle Presbyterian Church here in town that for a hundred years has been serving the city and the and the poor and uh food ministries and beautiful physical recreational uh grounds that are open to the community which is right here in the heart of the urban city so um i'm i'm optimistic folks but that's it the school bell has rung so we have to move on and we're wishing you all a blessed easter sunday and a grand finale to passover and in way of reminder, regardless of what's going on in this crazy, topsy-turvy world of ours, we live in a great country. It's a free country. Let's keep it that way. We've got so much to be thankful for. I am thankful for, and I know you are too, Philip, our dear listeners. I'm grateful for you. So, till we meet again, this is D. Paul Thomas and
1: Philip Charles Mackenzie.
0: Inviting you to join us next week for another podcast of Entering Stage right.